Ed, how the heck are you? It was huge. <laughs> I'm just going to start and finish the show like that every week. You've done that one before. I feel like yeah. you've got to mix it up. Look, I've got very big hands. Very, very big hands. <laughs> you didn't have to Photoshop them or anything. How are you going up and downstairs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good story. The stairs story, that is. Uh, I'm very good, thanks, yeah. Uh, I uh, enjoyed the second half of today's game. Yes. We're recording on Sunday. That Absolutely. was very good. It was. The first half, not so good. Very the whole bad. game against Hull, not good at all. No, very a very bad game of football. The stats from the first half, which I've got a photo of in my phone because I took a photo of Sky Sports and put it on uh, Twitter. We, we were outshot, outpassed, outpossessed by Hull. Hull, I tells you. I mean, admittedly, we were 2-0 up, but still uh, a kind of disgraceful performance in, in a little way, I thought. Against Hull? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I think the disgrace came in the complacency that was on show for everybody to see. I mean, I'm not sure there's anybody in the United side who gets away with it. I mean, Pogba had a decent-ish game, but, you know, at times he was strolling around. And uh, the the time when he tried to do some ridiculous trick with about 20 minutes to go uh, in totally the most inappropriate time to do it and lost the ball kind of summed a lot up, didn't it? You know, United felt like United just thought they could turn up and win this game, and it wasn't true. I mean, it's interesting because if you listen back to our preview last week, I'm pretty sure we would basically have said, well... United can just turn up and win this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's all right. We're a couple of fans yeah. chatting on the podcast. Yeah. Their professional footballers paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a week. Uh, and it wasn't good enough, was it? You know, and and I think that, you know, not not to get into kind of Paul Merson territory or anything like that, but, you know, the, the minimum you want to ask for is like a better level of effort. And it didn't feel like that was happening, did it? I'm not sure that's really Mercy's MO. In fact, to talk about Merson, Marco Silva um, emerged from that game with plenty of credit, uh, which was sort of pleasing to see, even though, of course, we wanted, would have liked United to uh, to be more comfortable. There wasn't too much complacency in the starting 11. Um, that, no, strong starting 11. Yeah, there, there were a few tweaks, weren't there? Um, particularly at fullback. Um, I don't think Valencia played, did he? So with a very, very sort of lopsided and not particularly effective attacking support from our fullbacks. But the midfield three and the front three were pretty decent. Good, good enough to give Hull a game, you'd think. But apparently not. Mm. Uh, Hull, who had about 65% possession in that first half, you know, it was, uh, it was incredible. They, um, they were very effective. Um, Huddleston and Cluckus in the centre of midfield, pretty good. I thought their back four, excellent. Hull, you know, really, really did a, uh, had a good game, uh, controlled a lot of the game. Um, there's a period during the second half that United sort of started to get into the game, you know, nice goal from Pogba, nice, nicely worked goal and a good finish with his toe. Um, but for a lot of it, Hull seemed pretty comfortable. Uh, Mourinho, of course, wouldn't believe that, would he? Because, uh, because of the penalty. It's one one is 1-1. game is 1-1. Just finished 1-1. I did not see it. I did not see the goal. Yeah. Quite quite he's, he's a big he's he's a big silly. He's a big silly. He's a grown man. Also host <laughs> well, a grown man yeah. behaving very much like a toddler. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah, that was very odd. I mean, look, obviously it was a ridiculous penalty. I mean, <laughs> I mean um, there's lots of people are like zonal markings Michael Cox arguing that it was definitely a penalty because he pulled his shirt and you're not allowed to pull people's shirts. Oh. Felt more like he tickled his shirt lightly, really, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay, fine, you know, uh, to, to get all punditry on this one. Well, if we're going to be like that, we'll have five penalties a game. <laughs> well, we should for 10 games and then it'll be ironed out forever. That's what people always uh-huh. say back to the argument, isn't it? I mean, I, the thing about it is it's not like he dived because he felt a tug on his shirt. He fell over because he was clattered into by his teammate and that happened at the same time that the referee saw uh, Rocco, was it? I think it was Rocco, brushing him with his fingers and catching, like, literally, like, snagging a fingernail on a little bit of fabric in the whole shirt so so it came out a little ways. Um, yeah, but Rocco's that hard that he could kill you with a finger. He's not hard, though, is he? He's not, he's, he's not. He's <laughs> hard. He's Argentinian and has tattoos and is a defender but actually isn't hard. Do you think there's some framing bias going on here? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think there might be. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they're very well-dispatched penalty and Hull definitely deserved whatever Mourinho might have said. It was hardly against the run of play, hardly a shock that United won 1-0 down at half-time on the balance of play. Right, right, yeah. What Do you, do you, think, do you think that um, the few... Because he sort of... He kind of went with a halfway house team selection. Like, lots of strength in there. Pogba and Ibrahimovic, Mkhitaryan didn't play, I don't think. No. Um, but Lingard and Rashford out on either side of Ibrahimovic, right? Um, so there's a kind of halfway house thing there. Or oh, is that right? Hold on. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna... so Lingard played on the right wing and Damien at right back and Rashford sort of played on the left. Uh, not not his most comfortable position and rocker. Uh, he was back. all right though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was all right. Marcus Rashford was I all right, all right. You know, not not exactly devastating. I, I don't think anyone really came out of credit, uh, came out of this game with much credit. Honestly, um, you know, a couple of half decent performances. Lingard wasn't horrible, but I think just the overall sense that the the players were not that up for it. The the level of intensity had dropped. You know, significantly. And and sure, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because United are going to Wembley. They got the goal. That was enough. Um, and there's a cup final to look forward to. And that's great. But this was draw, draw, loss. And the performance pretty much got worse in each game. After that great sort of November, December period, the bubble, you know, pretty much burst after the, the whole game. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And, I, and that was... You know, you mentioned complacency earlier, and I, I wrote an article for you, Max, about how United are peculiarly complacent. And that was, I think it was slightly misunderstood in a few places. What I was really saying is they have this problem where they know they're going to be better than almost everyone they play against. And that that isn't false bravado. It's true. They're, they're going to be technically a better side than almost everyone they come up against. But they haven't proved themselves yet. And, no. you know, it used to happen under Van Gaal that we those so many of those nil-nil games, we were just so comfortable for the whole game that there's, there's almost like we lulled ourselves into a false sense of security. And I feel like it's not the same mechanics. It's not the same in terms of the, the style of play, but the underlying psychological mentality of it's too comfortable for the players and they sort of rest on their laurels. I feel like I've seen that happen quite a few times this season. I I think that's right. And it's a little strange, isn't it? So, sure, United are still in four competitions. So now through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after the victory over Wigan, into the knockout phases in the Europa League, um, final of the League Cup. But they're sixth in the Premier League. Sixth. I mean, it's not exactly the form over the season that tells you that there should be a hell of a lot of of arrogance about it, you know? 
Not arrogant, just better. Well, yes, we're a bit arrogant and not really better. Yeah. Um, but, of course, so so that was kind of a bit worrying. And, and some of the worries of that have been a little bit offset by the very excellent second-half performance against Wigan, although... Well, Obviously, there was mitigation there, but but it was it was a great deal of fun, and that has kind of been a bit of a lift. But one of the things that should have offset some of those, of course, is that we are in the final of the League Cup. It was interesting watching Michael Carrick's post-match interview because he sort of looked distraught, really, yeah. that they they played so badly and like lost that kind of unbeaten run or unbeatable run, as Mourinho calls it. Um, but but of course, United are through to the final, but they're going to have to play a lot better than they have done since probably Borough on New Year's Eve, not counting the FA Cup games against Minnows, you know, championship sides, um, when they play Southampton, not Liverpool. Not Liverpool, but, but it's a pattern this season, isn't it? You know, there's um, there have been some good performances, almost no good performances against top sides, very few of those. Spurs, Arsenal... Spurs, yeah, Arsenal-ish. Spurs was decent, although it's a, it was a Spurs side, clearly fatigued. Uh, so, yeah, not not too many at all and, and bullying a bunch of other, the rest of the teams, which is what we got against Wigan, I suppose. So, and I don't know, there's there's clearly progression from the last two seasons, but there are, there is, there's clearly a work in progress as well. You know, and uh, Mourinho still trying to, it seems sort of eight months into the job, work out which of the players he really likes or not, you know, and he's got this kind of, yeah, it feels like he's not very happy with some of his players and he's going to pick on them, doesn't it? Uh, but listen, Jose's got us playing the way that United should. Oh, yeah. That that song slightly unfortunately timed getting its uh, serious Man United debut in a game where we were playing nothing like Man United should, but nonetheless, a, a very fun song. Uh, always nice to uh, when it when a song catches, even if it isn't an original creation. No, many many people pointing that one out. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. So look, look, that was Hull. Um, you know, I, I guess United can trash that one now, uh, given the the performance and the the result against Wigan at least. Uh, and we'll put that down to must do better. We'll see. You know, United playing Leicester this weekend and uh, Leicester. You know, mostly cold this season, sometimes hot. Uh, we'll see whether they can turn it on uh, for for United's visit. But um, we can. Well, you know, what did you make of this one? Because the first half was super, super flat. You know, goal uh, sort of a couple of minutes before half time. But before that, we can did really well. They're, they're probably feeling very hard done by to going down at half time. I mean, it looked like a team built around a double pivot of Schweinsteiger and Maran Fellaini for most of that 45 minutes. It looked exactly what you would expect. There's some talent there and, and it it could impose itself occasionally, but but generally speaking, we looked really lacklustre. And Anthony Martial was playing up front and he looked like a player who'd been told, if you're not good in this game, you're never going to play for Man United again, which is essentially, I mean, not never again, but, you know, Mourinho had, uh, he... He dropped him after a couple of, well, a very good performance indeed against, was it Borough that he was excellent against? Right. Then Liverpool, he, I didn't think he was that bad, but the dominant narrative around that and clearly what Mourinho thinks is that he was not really that good in that game, um, which felt kind of harsh. But then he's been, he's been dropped from sight and, and Mourinho sort of saying, well, look, we've got a lot of players in these positions and, and it's true, but like he didn't put them on the bench and he was asked about it and he said, not selected, not selected. And then he was asked about it again and he said, well, he's going to play in the FA Cup and if he plays magnificently, he'll play again against Hull yeah. at the weekend. Which, just... which is really unfair for a very young player who's 
uh, clearly has some fragile confidence. Also, disingenuous from Mourinho to say there were five players for that position because he was really talking about the left-wing position, right, uh, where Martial has basically only played for Mourinho today. Apart from the first half. Yeah, today was an exception yeah. to that. But, but yeah, sure, Rashford has played down the left. He's not a left-winger. McTurian's played down the left. He can definitely play there. Lingard's played down the left. He's not a left-winger. Matter's never played down the left for Mourinho, you know. So it was just kind of not really that true that there are five players competing for that position. Not properly, anyway. Um, sure, maybe Mourinho believes this is enough to stimulate Martial into something better. Maybe he does. He looked like a kind of frightened rabbit, didn't he, in the first half? Looked And much more comfortable in the second half, which is odd, really, because I think his most explosive performances for United have been down the middle in those first sort of, you know, 10, 10 12 weeks that he was at the club. Uh, and he looked like a potentially world-class number nine. Today, he looked anything but that. I mean, he was coming way, way, way too deep, um, trying to search out the ball all the time, getting in Rooney's way, getting in everyone else's way, and it just didn't look comfortable at all. But I mean, and then the other thing is like to heap pressure on a player and then play him at number nine in a team with Maran Fellaini um, and Bastian Schweinsteig and even Rooney behind him is just cruel. It's just cruel because, of course, he's going to be all over the place and coming for the ball because the ball isn't going to go from front to back quickly. I mean, that first half could not have been more Van Hal if Rhys James had been on the bench. Oh, wait, oh, Rhys James was on the bench for Wigan, <laughs> yeah, but still. It was. Um, Schweinsteiger, Rooney, Fellaini, I mean, the axis And matter on the right <laughs> as well. Like, you know, obviously I won't hear a bad word said against the greatest player in the Premier League, but, like, <laughs> poor old Martial. Martial and Mkhitaryan looking at each other like, are we, are we the same... Like species as these other people when it comes to speed, you know. I I, I know, and it, and it you know led to a a pretty disjointed uh, and not very fluid and uh, not very pacey first half from United. You know, no surprise there, I suppose. Mourinho said uh, in his um, interview after the game that he'd had a few words with the players uh, at half time, and they responded to it. Which I suppose they did because it was quite fun in the second half. United actually got moving and scored some goals. A word for um, the, the Fellaini goal as well, though, because it was brilliant. It was like, that's exactly what you want. If you've got Schweinsteiger and Fellaini on the pitch together, make one of them hit a long pass to the other one at the back post. You know, yeah. like, brilliant. That's what we should do in that circumstance. I, I, I um, Yeah, very true. I mean, Fellaini didn't get off the ground at all. You kind of wonder what the defender was doing there. Really should have, I mean, really should have defended one, it better. Of, but yeah, very strong. Let's call it very strong from Fellaini. One of the things that the defender was doing was having, like, a, a very bone arm and his neck <laughs> like that's why he didn't get off the ground <laughs> it's nil nil I have not seen a goal as Warren Joyce should have said in his halftime uh, interview if there had been one anyway uh, yeah completely transformed second half it, funny that Mourinho is taking full credit for that I mean he did some smart things he moved Martial out to the left and Rooney through the middle uh, which was completely effective and um, completely changed the game. But also Wigan had to come out a bit. And once it was 2-0, it was all over, wasn't it? An absolutely fire, fire cross from Martial, who looked a player transformed by being moved out to the left. It it looked like he he had an awful lot of fun out there. Yeah, two assists from... Uh, in the second half uh, and uh, looked a little bit more confident, got the ball in front of him, which was, you know, obviously much better for him than coming towards the ball all the time. I don't know whether he'd been 
instructed to come towards the ball in the first half or he just felt he had to do that or he didn't really understand the role or what, whatever it was. But uh, he definitely wasn't playing on the shoulder of the defender and he, he just got more space on the left, you know, and he just looks much more comfortable for it. Lovely cut back and cross for, uh, what, Mkhitaryan's goal? Uh, oh, the Smalling's small, goal. The Smalling's goal. Yeah. Smalling's goal, yeah, that's right. Um, and, yeah, to make it 2-0, another header. Uh, good old Mike. Uh, and then another... Mike Schmulling has played very well in this game, this Louis van Gaal tribute game. <laughs> That's right. Um, and the Mkhitaryan goal was very nice indeed. You know, lovely move from United. Um, and this it... one this one I do not approve of because we did not have good ball possession. It was counter-attacking goal. It's not so good. You've kind of blended van Gaal and Mourinho there for a second. Listen, all these accents are approximate at best. Don't do that if you try and enter the United States, all right? Probably not a good idea. <laughs> um, the, uh, the That third goal was a thing of absolute beauty. Um, the Mkhitaryan picking the ball up right on the edge of the area, running basically to the far end of the centre circle, slipping an absolutely perfect ball to Martial, who like stuck his tongue out and sprinted like his life depended on it. Um, and then uh, really, really calmly found Mkhitaryan, who made up for his uh, not-so-good first-half miss. A little word on some of the coverage around Martial. I um, I, I upset Gary Neville by telling, by quote-tweeting his tweet about Martial should show a love of the game and saying maybe Gary Neville knows something that's going on behind the scenes, but to me it looks more like a lack of insight than understanding. And Gary Neville's like, I think I've seen enough football matches to have an understanding and of footballers' body language. And I kind of, I wrote a long thing back to him saying, look, you know more about football than I will ever know, but I just don't think he's right about Martial. I think Martial has a very specific personality type. If you picture Martial's face when he was celebrating the winning goal of the FA Cup semi-final. That I think is probably the only time since he's arrived at United where he's allowed his unfettered personality to be let loose. He's a laid-back person, but I think it goes beyond that. I think he's a person who is very well defended behind an exterior wall of pretending that stuff doesn't bother him. And and that is what a certain kind of pundit who, who Neville... He's not... I mean, he... Neville, he can be very technically uh, adept, Neville. He's not an idiot in the way that a lot of the pundits are, but he definitely is a bit of a, you know, passion merchant. Mm -hmm. He He is. And I I do wonder whether Ferguson, uh, if he was in charge of Martial, wouldn't have kind of pegged what kind of personality Martial is, you know? One, One of the things Ferguson was legendarily good at is working out what the player needed. Did he need chewing out? Or did he need an arm around the shoulder? Right? And, he, and horses for courses with every single player for Ferguson. And, uh, yeah, maybe maybe Neville's spell in uh, Valencia didn't help him learn some of the nuances of that. I, I thought you were much less offensive to Neville, uh, which was, you know, fine debate um, you, you two had on Twitter well, than, than I, I mean... was when I... <laughs> Compared, well, a couple of years. I don't think I don't think he blocked me, but he definitely unfollowed me after that. When I we had a debate about uh, what was it Shinji Kagawa's best position, I think it was. Uh, The 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 thing is, like people like, oh look at you having a chat with Gary Neville, and I'm like, he sent one tweet to me going, I know a lot about football, and I sent him seven tweets. That's not a conversation. He was, no, that's kind of stalking. He, he was not interested, and rightly so. There's no reason he should have been. You're welcome on the show anytime, Gary. You know that. 
I mean, Marcel kind of, I, I don't know whether that counted as playing magnificently for Mourinho, because I think he's going to set an arbitrary standard and decide whether or not uh, he lived up to it. But Martial left, Ibrahimovic centre, uh, um, Mkhitaryan right, that's first choice. You know, I'm, Rashford has kind of first backup to almost any any of the three of them. Um but that that should be the first choice front three because I mean, Marcel and Mkhitaryan can also keep up with each other, uh, both kind of technically and physically. Not not an easy feat. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I I mean, Mourinho set a, a set a standard. He's de- demanding uh, from Martial. Martial certainly wasn't that in the first half. Um, so, hmm, don't know. I mean, he's he got, was in the uh, second though, wasn't he? And yeah. he got two assists. They and he got two really assists. Nice. Doesn't really mean much with Mourinho. I mean, he, he had a very good game before Martial against Borough, as you mentioned, and was dropped after that. I just It's just because he's publicly said, you know, if he plays magnificently, he'll play again. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, uh, Schweinsteiger, word about Schweinsteiger, who Mourinho is making lots of very positive noises about. I think we're going to see a little bit of Schweine in, uh, in backup situations uh, the fifth choice midfielder in the squad no doubt might have to be you know we've got quite a thin squad really uh, as uh, apparently Mourinho has told the ball board the ball has told the board this week uh, according to the times or our friend Duncan Castles who uh, should probably have the inside track on what Mourinho's thinking since he lives under Mourinho's stairs <laughs> Um, the the Schweinsteiger's performance, um, as producer Tom pointed out in the Rankcast WhatsApp group, uh, a, a very, very, very rusty at first, but he seriously grew into that game to the point at which he pulled off a classic shinner overhead uh, to score. Really nice goal. Uh, Keown, one of the world's worst co-commentators, saying he should score from there. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I thought he had a good second half, Schweinsteiger. I mean, look, he's obviously a bit chunky and quite slow and pretty rusty, but uh, against this lot, he more than found his level. Um, and he seemed to grow into the game and really enjoy it, I thought. Last 20 minutes, he was all over the place with the ball and he was tackling, wasn't he? Uh, getting the ball back for United and uh, it was a very enjoyable sort of last half an hour of the game and he was right at the centre of it. And he tried another overhead as well, but then he kicked someone in the face, thus denying Anthony Martial an excellent goal. Yeah, talking of which, uh, Martial um, put the ball in the net, didn't he? he? How displeased did he look? Yeah, not good. His real feelings definitely showed through his uh, impassive face there. And lovely to see Timothy Fosumensa, of course, um, who was pretty good. I think he went off maybe with cramp or something, uh, meaning that there was a fullback substitution to really enhance the Van Gaal feel. And also it was a player being given his Man United debut because, you know, this was a Van Gaal tribute game. So there we go, the, the full full match. Um, Axel Twenzebe, not a fullback in anyone's book, um, but he did a decent job there. But Fosumensa, like really... Um, after maybe sort of five or ten minutes of nerves or whatever, he really was quite dominant down that side and, and looks a, a really natural replacement for Valencia if we need to. I mean, the crossing needs work and there was that the shot wasn't ideal, but it was a really fantastic bit of build-up uh, and, and sort of energy and commitment and all those sorts of things. Mm. I mean, Fossi Mensa's got such sort of immense natural talent, he could play in multiple positions, right? Actually, Warren Joyce was talking this week about the sort of uh, philosophy, sorry to use that word, uh, behind some of, his no coaching, <laughs> some of his coaching at United. And obviously, you know, there's like a couple of dozen players who've come through to have very good careers 
and during his time at United, not all with United, but um, I think United have long held the policy of, well, if we can't get them into the first team, they should have a good career somewhere else. It's uh, it's also a very profitable enterprise doing it that way. And and uh, they're, you know, all-round players. And he, he said players that he knows how, who have a little bit of X factor, um, you know, that's that's the most important one in the top player. Um, but apart from that, it's players who are comfortable playing anywhere. And he talked about Marcus Rashford being able to, play sort of anywhere and and I think uh, Fosu Mentor is of that school you know he could play in midfield he can play right back he can play in central defence you know um, at some point he's going to have to have a best position I wonder whether that's not central defence but we'll see he's still very young and he's certainly comfortable at right back yeah and, and it was just it was lovely to see him in the team as it was to see Luke Shaw, four blocks, four clearances, four interceptions 100% tackles one did very um, well did very well look he's United's best left back Right, just on natural talent, and and uh, Mourinho is unconvinced. Um, uh, he gave an excuse about having one attacking fullback and one defensive fullback the other week. Yeah, maybe. I'm not. I'm not. I think I said at the time. I don't really buy that one. But uh, maybe it's maybe it is that Mourinho just doesn't rate the player. I thought he was fine today, uh, and he just needs games. He needs to keep fit clearly, and needs to do things that Mourinho wants, which is defend soundly. You know, and he's not made too many mistakes defensively during his time at United. Uh, he made a howler at Watford, and that seems to have cost him for most of the season so far. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and uh, but it was nice. It was nice that he acquitted himself well because you know you, what you just didn't. What kind of watching through slightly gritted teeth, hoping he doesn't. You know, nothing goes wrong in this particular game because because that could have cost dear. So in the end, it was four really nice goals, a, a very comfortable win, uh, four nil. In a way, you could say it was kind of harsh on Wigan's first half performance, but in the second half, as soon as Wigan had to do anything other than just try and keep United out, they were they were kind of swept aside. And in a way, like I've been joking about how it was Van Gaal esque. Oh yeah, uh, the, in the final Van Gaal esque move, he d- he changed the goalkeeper to give Joel Pereira his debut, which like nobody saw that coming, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, good for Joel Pereira. I mean, he's uh, he had a very good uh, half a season away on loan and it's kind of a bit unlucky for him that he's had to come back to United uh, to be the third keeper. So this is reward, I suppose. He's not going to get very many, many minutes in the first team. Uh, he might not get any more this season. He's going to play some reserve football. Not a lot because there aren't a lot of games at that level. And it's, it's not great for him. I suppose Sam Johnson earned the right to go and get uh, some minutes elsewhere. We'll see, we'll, we'll see next a season. A career elsewhere. A career elsewhere, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Joel Pereira's a good keeper, by the way. You know, he's, he's not going to unseat David Hayer anytime soon, but he's a good keeper. He'll have a good career. Um, the, the, I mean, how many times do you think we're going to hear about the fact that Mourinho gave two players debuts? I think he might mention that once or twice in the future. Yeah. It, we might be hearing about that. It's on the same track as saying that Van Gaal gave 14 youngsters debuts. Yeah, he did. But how many of them actually played much? Uh, I mean, kind of a lot, really, compared to most places, but still. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, through to the next round of the FA Cup. When's the draw? It's got, I guess, is it tomorrow? Yes, it's on some daytime TV show or something, isn't it? Uh, okay, no, no idea, but that, that's a shame. I wanted to talk a little bit about the upcoming League Cup final, and obviously we'll do a proper preview. Um, what did you make of like Liverpool's complete? And they lost again in the FA Cup as well. It's not not going well at all uh, up the road. Um, but yeah, it, it looked like we might be playing them in the final because when when they got Southampton in the uh, semi-finals, they were in excellent form. But they are, as many 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 people have observed, a one-man a team. Apparently so. 
yeah, I lost lost to Swansea at home the other week. Uh, lost in the League Cup to Southampton twice, and uh, lost in the FA Cup this weekend to Wolves. Couldn't happen a nicer bunch of blokes. Yeah, um, and we've got Southampton, and I think it's going to be a big, big test of United if we're not in considerably better form by then. Well, which Southampton turns up? The one that battled really hard at Anfield, the one that played very well at St Mary's against Liverpool, the one that battered Leicester the other week, or the one that absolutely got smashed by Arsenal? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, I suspect it will be the good one. That's That would be my guess, if I had to guess. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, should we take some Twitter questions and see what the listeners have got to say about all this? All righty. At Broy1709, Brian Roy says, is Jose Mourinho's treatment of Shaw and Martial to intentionally test their mettle as opposed to genuinely wanting to sell? He's always had a penchant for men, in inverted commas, with cojones like John Terry, Drogba, Zlatan, even Fellaini. I think um, genuinely wanting to sell them is miles and miles and miles wide of the mark. He He is a manager who manages by confrontation who manages by putting people on the spot and demanding that they live up to his standards and historically there's been an enormous problem with certain kinds of attacking players because they don't tend to have that kind of mentality so yeah I think that's pretty much spot on just just tarring a whole group of people with a big fat brush there Paul you know these creative types these creative types can't take a bit of you know digging out can they it's just a different you, you have to you're, it's a different job. It's a different. It requires different aspects of the human psyche to be no, good I, in those I'm, areas. I'm yanking, I'm yanking your chain. Oh, okay. Um, but look, uh, fine. Yes, and and Mourinho is famously confrontational in his management style. There are plenty of companies out there that do a similar thing, and they some of them get very good results in in football. I don't know that every personality is like that. You know, not all players, even very good ones, are mentally as strong as as all of that, you know, and uh, Ferguson was very good at working that one out. Uh, he had some teams with some players who had massive balls, absolutely massive. You know, think about his team in sort of 94, 95 era, 93, 94, 95. There were some huge personalities in that. Um, but he also had some teams where he had very few personalities of that kind, you know, lots of quiet but determined players. And, you know, I think some of the nuances of management are, working out both. Mourinho has tended not to do that, you know, and where he finds players who he doesn't think match his archetype, he's he's booted them out and frozen them out. And he's done a little bit at United, did it lots and lots at his other clubs, and sometimes it works for him, sometimes it blows up in his face. Yeah, absolutely. So Thorsten Sonchen's asking, has, does this match, meaning the Wigan game, has this match shown that Martial is actually better out wide? I don't know. It's one game. You know, he certainly looked more, he, he looked more confident in the second half playing on the left than he did through the middle in the first half. I, I've seen him play some excellent games at number nine. You know, it's how you play the game at number nine. And uh, as I said, he was coming too deep and coming towards the ball all the time. Um, and uh, I don't know whether that was um, a plan, but it wasn't working for him. When he got space, and uh, he had a lot of space because the Wigan fullback was backing off him, uh, he looked much better, didn't he? Absolutely. Uh, Stuart Barker, at underscore Chew Barker, 
Good name. Uh, would we be happy with a Premier League finish outside of the top four if we can win two cups? Slightly presumptuous, I know, he says. Yeah, very pre- uh, very presumptuous. I mean, it's going to cost the, the club about £40 million if that happened. I, I don't know whether we care about that one, but uh, I'm sure the bean counters upstairs certainly will. Is it is it is it that little? Is it just £40 million? Uh, I thought, I, I guess... I reckon if you add, if you top everything up, it's going to be more than that, isn't it? Yeah, that's just the contractual obligations. So, yeah, um, tickets, although they've got some half-decent crowds in the Europa League, haven't they? Uh, broadcasting revenue, yeah, is going to be even more than that. Of course, it depends how far you go. At Machiavelli says, was Hull the best away atmosphere you've heard? It was good, but I, I don't know about the best. Derby last season sounded absolutely incredible. That one sounded f- fun. But I've picked this question basically, Ed, to ask you about 90s away Man United trips. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the best? Um, oh, God. Yeah, I'm on the spot now. Um, yeah, yeah. Some, like, some great ones at Anfield, uh, White Hart Lane, uh, small grounds like you know Norwich and... Um, uh, stupid ones where United took over at uh, Plough Lane and, uh, sorry, Selhurst Park and that kind of thing. So what happened? Well, you know, when they were a little looser around ticketing in the the 90s um, and you could get hold of them quite easily, United regularly had three quarters of the ground. So this is early 90s. This is showing my age somewhat as well. (laughs) It's like the Fulham neutral stand, isn't it, when we play there? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that you say it doesn't happen anymore, you know. Obviously, much much tighter segregation and uh, much tighter control of tickets. Uh, very tight control of tickets if you're United, uh, to the point that uh, you're not going to get an away ticket unless you know someone who will sell them to you from the executive seats, allegedly. At Dave Boy, but yeah, Marcus Rocco was at Stoke. Did he get that in the ballot to use the? He's not in the loyalty pot, is he? I mean. I don't know, he's played for us for three seasons. Now, how many seasons do you have to play for us to get in the loyalty pot? <laughs> Ten. Okay. Um, Dave Boy Boy says... Unless you're Wayne Rooney, because I think he uh, opted himself <laughs> out of that one. <laughs> it was tough on you last week, wasn't it? It was tough on you. Not not at all, <laughs> not at all. I just like to have a jibe because it winds people up. Um, uh, and a lot of people really enjoyed the uh, awesome montage at the end of the show last week. Uh, I just want to say that not only was that all Tom's work, it was also Tom's idea. So uh, thank you for that, Tom. That's so- Oscar-winning Tom. Oh, wow. He's been nominated for awards, lads. He's, he he's going to leave Oscars us. of sound editors, <laughs> yeah. Well, he is. He's going to go to L.A. He's going to discover that wandering around L.A., is full of babes, right? Just just go and sit on Santa Monica Beach for a while, Tom, and you'll never come back. Never, ever. Because you won't be allowed out of the country. Uh, <laughs> could anyone of you explain why I get so giddy, says at Davy Boy Boy, <coughs> when Bastian Schweinsteiger plays for United and even more giddy when he scores a goal? He made my Sunday. There's something about his... First of all, there's something about the fact that he's like, you know, a legendary footballer and a World Cup winner and all that kind of stuff. But there's also something about the grin he plays with that uh, makes him extremely endearing. And I think he's done a a pretty good job of staying super professional in terms of his public persona while uh, very difficult circumstances behind the scenes. Well, he's obviously very smart. He hasn't been moaning. Uh, He's just got all of his national team members and ex-players to moan for him. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he did a little tennis celebration there after he scored. Very nice, yep. Clearly been watching the tennis earlier that day. Uh, talking of tennis, at Attic 
underscore Afan says, how do you cope when there's no football during the summer? We get this question every year. Well, in odd numbered years. I love it. I, I mean, I'm a sports fan, so I'll be watching all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I'm, I do like tennis. I played tennis quite a number of years. Not so any amazing standard or anything like you that. Did you, have a, you had a little good jump serve that you worked on as a teenager. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I got some decent coaching at university and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I didn't really play too much once I, you know, became a professional and joined the workforce and all of that. I thought you meant you didn't play too much after you became a professional tennis player. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah. I watched all the cricket and, which you know is always good. So I I, I don't mind. It's uh, there's always something to watch. And and plus, honestly, it's not that long without football. There, there will be some football this summer for sure. It's preseason starts in July. It's a month and a half, and which for me is like a nice palate cleanser. Right. And, and at the rate United are going, we'll be in the Europa League qualifiers, which will start <laughs> in about June. Uh, despite us doing well over the last few weeks, as at Shrikanth underscore Nima, I'm not. I'm still not fully confident as of us finishing in the top four. Same with you. I don't think anyone is fully confident because we performed well for a little while, but it's, there's been a real wobble at a time when there needed to be no wobble, and we're still not in it. And there's a long way to go, and a lot of right good teams above us. Those four points dropped in recent games would have not taken United into the top four, but would have taken United on level on points with. Liverpool, right, in fourth. So um, they could be very, very crucial. And points dropped against uh, sort of mediocre opposition when United should have won may well be the difference between United getting into the Champions League or not. We'll see. So Liverpool, will this bad runner form continue for any length of period? Uh, Will Manchester City sort of previous bad runner form end? Uh, Are they now back? Um, how long can Tottenham sustain what they do? Do Arsenal have their usual post-March, post-February, post-March wobble and fall off? You know, United are going to have to ha- not only go on a very good run, the kind of run that we had in sort of November, December, early January time, but probably will need one or maybe even two teams above them to not play as well in the second half of the season as the first. So I mean, yeah. definitely, we definitely yeah. need two teams to get less points than they did. In that first half of the season, right? For sure. Uh, <laughs> Amon Palman says, do Martial's assists count? Because he wasn't smiling. It was funny. Because actually, Gary Neville, right, although I disagreed with him on the point he was making, it wasn't a completely wild, insane point. As often happens when Gary Neville says something publicly and it's a bit controversial, the first opportunity Phil Neville gets to talk about it, he, like does what Gary did, but worse, with kind of less intelligence behind it. So uh, Phil Neville really did basically say, you want to see him playing with a smile on his face. (laughs) Come on, Phil. Come on, mate. You can do better than that. It's like when Gary said the thing about Loris Carius, which was kind of reasonable, and then Phil Neville was like, oh, he shouldn't be talking to the press. You know, he just like wants to jump on whatever Gary's saying, but he just never quite gets it. I don't, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a nonsense point generally, right? So so what? You, why should you show some kind of level of passion? It's it's kind of really crude analysis. Happens in all sports, though, you know? Roger Federer won the, uh, he's what, 18th or 19th Grand Slam today. He's barely played with a smile on his face for the last 20 years. Uh, you know, people have accused him of being a robot. Well, he's a bloody good robot. Uh, if Martial can be a good robot, I'd be happy with that. He doesn't have to smile for me. I don't care. No one with half a brain cares, it, it, it should be said. 
it's it, it was it's it's people who are paid to have opinions about things being desperate to to kind of be worthy of that place really um anyway uh is david Deo's threat place under threat after that romero masterclass asks steve williams at across the keeper oh certainly yeah i think romero should be in the team totally world class <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was funny, wasn't it? The double save. Mm-hmm. The very. I feel like Sergio Romero is a goalkeeper I'd really enjoy watching if he played for someone else. <laughs> yeah, because he's kind of good sometimes. Like he does some real good stuff occasionally, and then it's like, oh, it goes all all proper wrong. Uh, I'm quite happy with him playing at home against Wigan. Fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, at Stevens BK says, who from today's game, apart from the regular starters, can have a big part to play in the rest of our season? I think that is a really good question. So you're not allowed to have any of the front three. Um, well, unless you want to say Rooney, you can have him. Um, but I, I would say maybe uh, actually Schweinsteiger might be the one who's uh, who's going to have the most kind of surprisingly high percentage of games. And not that he's going to play a lot, but I think he's going to play maybe a lot more than we thought he was going to. You think? Yeah, I think he's gonna like. I think he's gonna rotate him in a bit for Carrick in that midfield three sometimes. Well, look, Mourinho's approach has has evolved over the season. He spent a lot of the first half of the season with a similar team, didn't he? A lot of new faces have come into the team, and through the cup games recently, he's made a lot of changes each game. So I'm I'm not certain that there really is a starting eleven right now. I think Mourinho's happy with sort of twenty man squad, and he's going to use it all for the rest of the season. Will, will anyone come through? Well. You know, the big question for me is is a big what-if, right? So if Ibrahimovic gets an injury or needs a break, and we know he's superhuman, so neither of these, these things are very likely, what happens then? You know, is it Rooney goes up front? Is it Rashford goes up front? Is it Martial goes up front? Maybe one of them becomes the hero. Mm, maybe. Uh, of course, Luke, Luke Shaw as well, another player that could theoretically play a big part if he can somehow convince Mourinho. I'm just in co- including this question because it's so well written. At Mark underscore E underscore F, friend of the rank cast, Mark Ferguson says, did Shaw shank his redemption chance? Hold on. Just got- oh, wow. I'm on my feet. I'm on my feet, Mark. You get the standing O for that one. <laughs> Too good. No, he played very well. Um, how did you feel, asked at Gary underscore 1105, when you woke up this morning? Anything in particular on your mind? It's funny, I, I was watching that chant from on TV and it really didn't sound anything at all like the tune. So the tune goes, Woke up this morning feeling fine. There's something special on my mind. Last night I met a new girl in the neighbourhood. Oh, yeah. Which, on telly, the chant sounds nothing like that at all. But having watched some, like, footage from In The Stand, you can hear the tune. You can hear that some people in that collective are singing the tune properly. Yeah. Are you saying Mancunians aren't good at singing? No, not at all. I'm just saying that, that chants based on pop songs vary wildly, given how accurately they... Like, it's Carrick, you know, you never believe it's not Skulls. It's an approximation of the actual tune, right? That's, you know, that's the deal. Um... <laughs> uh, why doesn't Mourinho rate Basti? Asks at K underscore 1993 underscore Shah. I think it's something to do with him being old, not that mobile and a bit big boned. 
Maybe. I think, I think you might be right. Uh, at Haldorm, this is an amazing series of questions. I'm just going to read all of them one after the other. Do you think having seven games in February instead of three, like Liverpool, will be more or less fun to f- for the fans to watch? Also, my last tweet was exactly 140 characters. Is that experience more enjoyable or less than seeing Schweinsteiger score? The second tweet was also exactly 140 characters. I should go for a hat-trick, but I don't really have another question. Um, Yeah, getting exactly 140 characters in a tweet is good, but not as good as Bastion scoring. And uh, seven games in Liverpool in February is going to be tough. And I guess we should should start talking about some upcoming games, uh, if I've got my dates right. We should do. Did you you see the interview with Donald Trump recently? Sorry to bring him up again. Where he claimed that Twitter had 160 characters, was moving to 160 characters. It's, I mean, the man can't get anything right, can he? He definitely can't get any policy decisions right, that's for sure. He's a, a bad person doing bad things. When he doesn't get his extra 20 characters, we know who he's going to yeah. blame. Um, he's been invited on a state visit to Britain, um, and uh, it's just not going to happen. It's either not going to happen or it's just going to be massive protests all over the country, which he will neither care about nor acknowledge happened. But, you know... That's so- of course, of course, the Glazers donated to his uh, his cause in the election. Uh, maybe you'll do a turn yeah, at Old Trafford. Um, uh, right. Anyway, talking about games in February, which is a more cheery and uh, less depressing topic. Um, United have two games in February in the next week. Yeah. Um, Hull City on Wednesday night. Hull City feels like ages since we've played them. Ooh, big game. Big game. Can we get revenge? <laughs> was 1-1 I don't know what you're talking it's 1-1 to be honest I think we just need to turn up and win (laughs) I mean it's at home right so you'd think that's going to make a difference under the old Trafford lights is that still a thing Uh, I tell you it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see the starting 11 for that game and I think we have to consider that as well in um in conjunction with the, the the Leicester game, which follows kind of hot on its heels at the weekend, uh, we play Leicester at four o'clock on the Sunday afternoon. Um, so I wonder whether he's going to rotate or, or if he'd play this very similar starting 11s for both those games because there's enough time in between them. And I wonder how he's going to set up against Leicester because the one time they've looked really good this season was basically when Pep Guardiola was just like, what do you mean Leicester won the league by playing counter-attacking football against possession-hungry sides and we should just sit back? I wonder whether Mourinho will go, no, actually, we are just going to sit back and let try and let Leicester have the ball. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure that'll happen. But uh, it's um, it's not too bad, although it looks like there's a lot of games coming up. United, it's a Wednesday, Sunday, and then a whole week uh, to the Watford game, then it's the then it's the start of the Europa League game. So I don't think he needs to necessarily rotate a lot between Hull and Leicester. Um, so I, I think he'll he'll be playing what looks like a very full strength side against both Hull and Leicester, and it will be some combination of De Gea, Valencia, Jones, Rojo, Smalling, two from three. I don't know when Bailly comes back in. Left back's a big question, isn't it? And, you know, the usual midfield, Herrera, Carrick and Pogba. Um, and I guess uh, the three up front will be interesting, but it's definitely Ibrahimovic and Mkhitaryan and the other ones are open for grabs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I-, I hope Martial starts against Hull. I just really hope he does because, well, I mean, I think he deserves it and, and I think he's he's the best choice we have in that position much as I like to see young Rash getting game time 
um, like I said earlier, I feel like he should be he should be first reserve in in all of those different positions uh, across the front three. Um, I, I wonder whether Bailly will be featuring in in these games because um, he's going to be back, isn't he? Um, he might be back already, in fact, because Ivory Coast went out of the Africa Cup of Nations. A few days ago, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he is back in Manchester and he'll be training and, and Mourinho will have to decide, you know, how, how much time he needs to re-acclimatise. He won't be jet-lagged, so um, I'm assuming he'll get back into it quite shortly, you know, and it's not as if he needs to have two weeks off and, and all of that stuff because it's in the middle of the season. Uh, he, he took it OK by, unlike... Saido Mane, who was uh, devastated. I'm not sure whether it was devastating at the loss or the realisation that he's going to have to go back to Liverpool. Uh, what's our first choice centre-back pairing when, we've, when we can select from everyone? I don't know. Uh, you know, early in the season, I would have said, you know, the two best, uh, Smalling and Bailly. Um, but I don't know if that's true anymore, is it? I mean, uh, uh, Jones and Rojo have been near flawless. But he's got to come in, though. You know, he's the he's the best talent, isn't he, of all of them? Uh, Smalling's not had a great season. Uh, fine today, but it's Wigan, right? It's not like he had to do a lot of defending. Um, so if it's by in one other, hmm, not sure. I think it's a really interesting question. I wonder whether he doesn't work better in a partnership with Rocco in a way. But then, but then, yeah, because actually Rocco's like quite good communicative central defender is quite good at guiding, you know, working, leading a, leading a partnership in a way. Not that Bailly necessarily needs that, but, you know, you would hope that Bailly could be the junior partner in, in the relationship in terms of decision-making and stuff, um, just because he's so young. Um, but I don't know. Do you want to break up that partnership of Jones and Rojo? I think these are, these are big decisions. I mean, now the one that I would have last in that pecking order is Smalling, who I think has really regressed again. Um, and, and, you know, he had a, a very good calendar 2015 uh, between getting sent off against City and the injury that he picked up around Christmas of that year uh, and hasn't really been great ever since. Even the second half of last season, he was he was a little questionable. Um, but Mourinho is an excellent coach of defenders, obviously. So, yeah, I think, um, what, what? how do you think Hull are going to set up against us? Because they've been playing like this very solid 4-1-4-1 and I guess they'll, I guess they'll do that again, and just like really defend in very deep blocks and and try and hit us on the counter attack. Played three at the back the other week, not against yeah, United, right. but in the league. So um, yeah, I'm I'm sure they'll set up to frustrate for sure. I, I, though they'll have some confidence from the fact that they outpassed, outshot, outthought, outthunk, <laughs> outfought United <laughs> on uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean. You would imagine there would be less complacency um, in the United team going into this one. One would hope, wouldn't yeah. one? Yes. And then, and then Leicester. I, I mean, I do feel like Leicester is a team that you have to, you, you can really nullify Leicester, can't you? In the form they're in this season, unless yeah. they somehow rediscover themselves. Which... Right, and so everyone did. I mean, we talked about it at the end of last season. You know, the easiest way to beat Leicester is to give them the ball. Uh, because they're not that good with it, um, and uh, and they don't really have any answers to playing that way. And and it took Ranieri a long time to figure that out or to attempt to change something. He tried to change it by moving to a diamond, obviously to have a little bit more possession. And it, it was a total mess the other week, wasn't it, when they got spanked in the league? So and 
You know, if they're only a loss away from the relegation zone, it's, it is it is kind of crazy. Regression to the mean, as you'd say. But um, it's almost like it's regression to the mean plus, isn't it? It's like if they'd finished third in the league last season, they'd have regressed to the mean. But because they finished first, there's like regression to the mean and the added factor of like all the hunger draining out of them um, because they've just won the league and none of them will ever do anything as amazing as that again. Right. Because uh, it's the most amazing achievement, you know, in among the most amazing achievements ever in football, it must be kind of difficult to know you're never going to be anywhere near that again. And they basically haven't had a good result for a long time. You know, they drew at Derby in the Cup this weekend. They they got spanked by Southampton. They got spanked by Chelsea. They won at Everton, but this was a very below-par Everton team, wasn't it, in the Cup? You know, they clearly weren't taking it that seriously. You probably have to look back to the when they beat Manchester City... In, in early December for the last time they actually played quite well. And Algeria still in the Africa Cup of Nations? I think they were they were teetering. They were certainly teetering after the group stages. I think Tunisia and Senegal might have gone through from that group, actually. Um, but, yeah, anyway, um, the, whether or not they're out, it'll be interesting to see whether Mahrez is, is featuring in that game, even if he's back, because that will all be quite fresh. So yeah, some some big challenges facing Leicester and and but for United, I mean, an absolutely enormous opportunity because par from these two games this season is definitely six points, isn't it? Um, there's there's no doubt about that. And and if we do get six points before we next record another podcast, then that kind of battle for the top four might look different all over again. You know, it could be it could be a pretty important uh, pressure moment in the season, really, a kind of a, a, a turning point a little bit. Well, it, it could be because Liverpool got a whole host of tough games coming up. You know, they play Chelsea at the weekend. They've got to get a hull, I guess. That's, well, no, it's, it's incredibly tough, tough to tough. get a hull. One of the hardest fixtures yeah. in the whole division. They play Spurs. Uh, City, City haven't got too much coming up. And Spurs uh, haven't got too much either. So it's, you know, it's important that United do get this, the six points. Uh, Liverpool's the one that United will be hunting down at the moment. We've done that before. Um, they've, got the, they've got the tougher fixtures coming up over the, the next month or so. United actually, you know, loss at Hull aside, look at the fixture list coming up. There isn't much. There's well, there's certainly no one competing for a place in the Champions League until United play Chelsea in mid-April. It's mad though, isn't it? Because we said at the beginning of January that, with the exception of the Liverpool game, there's an awful lot of winnable games in January, and actually we maybe did a little better in a little tougher run. Um, so you, you just you just never know, do you? That's the thing about this crazy game we all love called football, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But um, I mean. You've got to capitalise now. Got to, because when it comes to April and May, it's almost certainly there's going to be the rearranged Manchester City fixture in there, or maybe, maybe in March. It depends on the Europa League. There, there might be no midweeks available if United do get through in the Europa League. Um, so, you know, Mar- March could be it. But otherwise, it's going to be a hell of an April with, you know, possibly City, Chelsea games, and then Arsenal and Spurs coming up in May. Yeah, so it's really... Six big points this week. I said you can't predict the future in this crazy world of football that we love. Uh, let's predict the future in this crazy world of football that we love. Uh, who? What's going to be the scores in these two games? Well, last week I said 4-0 and 4-0. <laughs> 50% correct. 50% correct, yeah. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win over Hull. 
Okay, you know, wow. That's, back so 4-0 was your prediction when we were like playing them away in a game where we were already 2-0 up. But here you reckon 2-1. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, going with the flow of fixtures, being being reactive to it, I okay. guess. <laughs> um, and Leicester, you know, I've got to go and win. Got to. Got to go and win. Um, tactics are very important, surely. Uh, but uh, you just cannot afford to... Um, cannot afford to not win. So let's say 2-0 to United at Leicester. OK. Uh, I think we might do quite well at Hull against Hull at home. I think we might win 3-0. And I think we might win 2-1 against Leicester. There you go. Very good. That's what I really badly hope that we win both of these games. Because if we do, it'll be a lot of fun to talk about it when we get together again to chat about that in a week's time in the meantime uh, if you back us on patreon stay tuned because there's more coming um and if you uh, want more rankcast every week head over to patreon.com slash rankcast to find out how you can do that and thank you very much to everyone who has done that so far otherwise you can get us on twitter at utd rankcast for me at united rant for ed and uh, otherwise we'll see you next week see you then <laughs>